to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkefu of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Nkefu is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-the-preaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Tell somebody, thank God you are here. You know, anytime God wants to do something unique, sometimes you, the devil will also orchestrate things. And for those of you who will be able to break through, you know, when you are able to defy those odds and come, you will surely be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Last night we were blessed and if you are not here, you can pick the... I think the CD is ready. Is that right? Okay. The CD is ready. Please make sure you make some copies so that we give to uh, Bishop on his way back. Amen. You can also pick them. This is conference. And you know, things are built point on point. And you also have to do notes. A lot of notes. There's not much, oh, receive it, take it. That one will come. The partition will come. But it's basically for us to be instructed and to address specific issues. And how many of you have been blessed by this conference? And I believe the pastors, some of you are going back and and you are going to now dream about building mega churches. And yesterday we heard that the reason why we need to build mega churches is that so that we can reach everywhere with the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning we went over it and we discussed everything. God always has a unique way of doing things. And God always um, he's been using men. Amen. And in our generation Bishop Doug is a man with a unique gift. You know, sometimes when he sees me, he said, I have a unique gift. But I also think he's got some unique gifts. Amen. And God is really using him when it comes to church planting, church growth. I mean, he's really somebody who is ahead of, uh, I would say all of us, he's ahead. And God is really using him mightily. And thank God that he's been able, I remember... I think 1991 or so. I was coming from London and I was I met Bishop Dad. And that time, one of our churches had been Rango. 
And he also was complaining bitterly. And he said, if we don't teach these people loyalty, whatever we do, they will scatter it. Amen. So, I wasn't surprised that from that time, he'd been very consistent. He, he, he told me, he said, look, if we don't, if we don't teach the people whatever we build, they will scatter it. Amen. And I've not forgotten that statement. So we thank God through his ministry. Bishop in Temple, Bishop Saki, all of them have found their ministry with a unique anointing and calling. Will you put your hands together for the Lord? And these people have proved beyond that that you don't have to be a founder and president, but you can excel mightily. Are you with me? It's, it's, it's a statement. Turn to somebody and say, It's a statement. Amen. And we are grateful to God to have Bishop Interval. Bishop, we are happy for you to be here. You were, you were supposed to come during the convention. You couldn't come this one. And so this time, next year, you are booked twice. Both convention and also the deliverance and conference center. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be on our feet. It's time to receive from God. Let's receive Bishop Emmanuel in Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the bishop and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are happy to be here tonight? We are very excited to be here tonight. And um, I am blessed and I thank God for connecting me with the presiding bishop, Bishop Matthew Adam Mason. I simply love the man. I love him. I love his spirit. I love who he is. You know, very great man of God. For many years, the Lord has used him in our country and outside the country. We have heard his voice. And yet, when you see the man, the man is simple. He's humble, he's unassuming, he's approachable. In the gospel life, we say, One shame a year, and the Baba Fana Connect Nakuka. Because sometimes when you go and mind be beer, a year shame a year. But I think that we really need to love him and pray that God will give him many, many more years. For him to continue to lead this great denomination. He's not a, 
a pastor of a church. He's a founder of a denomination. Hallelujah. He's a founder of a denomination. And uh, we in Lighthouse are blessed anytime he comes. If I since we became connected, I've been telling my calling bishops about him. And they have been inviting him all, the, all over the place. He's been to Takrad, he's been to Tema. I hear you were at Achimota uh, recently, Cape Coast, you know. And uh, uh, if you're not careful, you'll not be seeing him here. You'll be preaching all around in the lighthouse uh, churches. Amen. So you have a great, great man of God, an author, somebody who writes books. Oh, that's all best to a letter. One year letter back, what the bear three weeks? And for a man to write several books, and every time he makes donations of the books to the Bible school. Bishop, thank you so much for the donations, and also the sometimes he, he makes financial support to the school. You know, he comes to preach to the students. So he's a real friend of the ministry. And we want to say, God bless you. We also want to salute Mama for all the years of support standing by the bishop. Oh, put hands together for the first lady. And all the wonderful apostles, the pastors, the leaders. It's a blessing to be here. Like I was saying last year, every year, for the last several years, we bring Bishop Adai Mensa uh, to our big, you know, program, the beginning of the year, and God willing, next year he's coming again. So as he's booking me, I'm booking him. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak your word tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Guide us into all truth. We take authority over the presence of demons and the manifestation of Satan. We bind every demonic activity in the name of Jesus. And we declare that this place is cured by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Well, Bishop has asked me to speak on the role of intercession in church growth. The role of intercession in church growth. And yesterday, I made the point that we cannot even begin to intercede for something that we don't even have or we don't know about. So yesterday, we spent... Uh, the time explaining why we must have large churches. How many of you want large churches? Hallelujah. Now, having understood why we must have large churches, tonight I want to move on and speak about why we must intercede for the church. Hallelujah. Why we must intercede for the church. And tonight, I want to believe God to teach amen, the word of God to open our eyes to scripture and about what scripture says about this subject. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the word intercede 
comes from the Latin word intercedere. Intercedere. And intercedere means to intervene. To interfere. Or to mediate. So when you say you are interceding, what you are doing is that you are interfering, you are intervening, and you are mediating. Hallelujah. Now, brothers and sisters, pastors, church workers, it is very important for us to know that God wants us to become intercessors. People who intervene, people who interfere, and people who mediate, amen, and stand between the things of God and Satan to bring God's will to come to pass. In Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16, the scripture says, And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. And he saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. So God was looking for an intercessor, somebody who intervened, who interfered, who mediated, and God realized that there was no intercessor. Now this scripture is showing you and I that God wants intercessors. God needs intercessors in the church, in the body of Christ. Can I have an amen? God has called every minister to interfere with Satan's plans to destroy the church. We have to rise up and intervene as the hearts of demons destroy young Christians and the church. We must interfere with every demonic agenda to destroy the kingdom of God. Amen. To intercede means to come between so as to modify the course of events. So when you are interceding, what you are doing is that you are trying to modify. You are trying to modify. Amen. Huh? You are trying to modify the course of events. Satan's plan is to lead entire nations to hell. By the power of intercession, we will modify the course of history. People who should have gone to hell will be saved. Amen? And, and you realize, for example, that in the course of Christian history, many people have changed the course of Christianity and modified the course of Christianity in their countries. Now, there was a great man of God called John Knox of Scotland. Now, he alone, for years, interceded for revival to come to John Knox. 
it was, it was said that his very knees became hardened because of hours and days and weeks and months he spent interceding. And it was through his intercession that revival broke out in Scotland. Amen. So God wants us to become intercessors to modify the cause of affairs. Can I have an amen? amen. To intercede, to intercede also means to be situated between things. To be situated between things. Hallelujah. Amen. Huh? God has called every minister to be situated between the devil and God's people. That is what a shepherd does. He is situated between the wolves and the sheep. The wolves and jackals do not have access to the sheep and cannot have access to the sheep because of the presence of the shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 11, he said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. So as we are gathering the sheep, as we are building the church of God, alright, we must also understand that there are whoops, there are jackals, there are demons, there are demonic entities that want to destroy the sheep. And therefore we must come between them and the sheep. That is what intercession means. Can I have an amen? So when you say you are interceding for the church, you are, you are placing yourself between the enemies of the church and the people of God. And, and, and if we don't do that, then we are wasting our time. Because if we keep on gathering only to allow the devil to scatter, then there is no effort, there is no profit in all that we are trying to do. Can I have an amen? amen. Now, Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So God said, I am about to destroy the land, but I want somebody who would stand in the hedge, stand between the gap, and pray to me, for me to change my decision. But he said, I found no one. God is looking for intercessors. And from today, may the spirit of intercession come upon you. May the spirit of the intercessor come upon you. May you become a great intercessor. May you stand in the gap in the name of the Lord Jesus. In your church, may you stand in the gap. That is what intercession means. So when you say you are interceding, it means you are standing in the gap and crying before God. Now when you look at 
um, the journey of the Jews from Egypt to the promised land. There were many times that God wanted to destroy them. But Moses stood in the gap. Moses would always cry unto the Lord and say, they are your people. They are your people. Don't destroy them. He was always standing in the gap. If we don't stand in the gap as pastors, as shepherds, we are giving up the work that we are doing. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Huh? Now, having laid that foundation, I want us to look at reasons why we must intercede for the church and for the growth of the church. Why must we intercede for the church? Why? Now, Paul said, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all things when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, so we realize from this scripture that there are certain things that we must fight against. Paul mentions strongholds, pulling down strongholds. He mentions imaginations, casting down imaginations. He mentions things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. He, 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 he mentions all these things, alright, as things that are fighting in the church. Hallelujah. So we need to overcome all of them with the weapons of our warfare. And one of the greatest weapons that we have is the weapon of intercession. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. There are strongholds, there are imaginations, there are thoughts, there are things that work in the church and work in the mind of the sheep and even work in the mind of the pastor and against the pastor. I was telling you yesterday that it's very important for us to know that we are in a war, a spiritual warfare. A spiritual warfare. And, and Paul is saying that this spiritual warfare is not a fleshy war. Yeah. So there are two types of wars in this world. Physical war, like the one that is going on in Syria, where one army is against the other. Alright? And then there's a spiritual war, which is between the forces of darkness and the forces of God. Hallelujah. And the intention of Satan is to destroy and that is why we must rise up and use our powers, weapons, to fight him 
and to overcome him. Hallelujah. Now, church growth, church growth, and what happens in the church is greatly affected by such powers. I was giving you the example of the pastor whose church was not growing, only for him to go and realize that the lady who was a cleaner in the church was a witch. Amen? Now, one time, Papa Hagan, a great man of God, of blessed memory, went to minister in a church. And the church was not growing. The church had been there for a long time and it was not growing. And as he was ministering on one of the days, he looked at the ceiling and saw what looked a creature which was like an ape. That was, that was a demon. And he commanded that creature, he commanded that creature to get out of the church. And it fell down from the ceiling into the church and went out. And Kenneth Hagan said, don't stay within the confines of the church. Get out. Get out of the compound. And the creature went out. Now, when it went out, there was um, a nightclub in the vicinity. It entered that nightclub and overnight, that nightclub burned down. It burned down completely. And the church, which was not growing, started growing. Why did the church start to grow? Because that power, that evil spirit, was fighting against what the pastor was doing. May any spirit that is fighting against your church, we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We command it to live your life, live your church, live your church building, live your ministry, live your mind in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. One time, Dr. Yongicho. Dr. Yongicho is the pastor that God has used to build the largest church in the whole world way. In the capital city of South Korea. Seoul, Korea. He started his church in 1958 with five members. And by um, 2008, the church had the church was more than 800,000 people. The largest church in the whole world. Now, he recounts an encounter that he had. He said one time, the Lord asked him to go to Japan. To go and minister. So he used to go to Japan. But one night, whilst he was in his hotel room in Japan, right in the middle of the night, you see, he had come there to preach the gospel. But right in the middle of the night, he woke up and he saw this big snake. And the snake pounced on him. Now physically. Big. It pounced on him and was attacking him. 
And he started rebuking, binding in the name of Jesus. You know? And the encounter went on. It went on for a long time. Until he was able to overcome it. Now, after that, after that incident, eh, he began now to achieve result in Japan. What was happening? As he was coming to preach, the forces of darkness had also come to fight him. So pastors, it is very, very important for us to know that look, we are not, we are not, we are, we are not just joking. We are in a spiritual war. And if if you don't understand it that way, that is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, 11, he said, let Satan take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. As you, as you build a church, as you bring us your people, as you are planting the church, as you are making the effort to grow the church, it is very important for you as a pastor to know that spiritual forces, demonic powers, witches, wizards, all kinds of forces are trying to fight against you. And that is why you cannot sleep. That is why you need to be interceding all the time. Every pastor must have an army of people who pray for you on a regular basis. Every pastor. If you are a pastor here and you don't have people who pray for you all the time, go back and raise up a team. That prays for you all the time. I have people who pray for me all the time in the country and outside the country. Because Satan is fighting us. Can I have an amen? Now, one of the greatest prophets on earth today is called Rick Joyner. He's somebody that God has taken to heaven and he has had many, many, many encounters. And after a series of encounters, the Lord asked him to write a book. So he wrote a book called the final quest. I would like to recommend it to every pastor here, every church worker here. It's called the final quest. Now, in the beginning of that book, he describes a vision that he had. In the vision, he saw a great army. A great army riding on horses. And that army, they were, they were in companies. You know, like a normal army that, they, that sort of marches in bands or, 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 or in companies with banners. A great army, and this army was marching against the church. This army was marching against the church. Pastors, we must understand that there are armies that are marching against us. Demonic armies. Yeah. Demonic armies. As you are trying to build the church of God, there are demons that are marching against the church. And that is why intercession is very important. Yeah. You can preach, you can witness, you can visit, you can cancel, but you also need to do intercession. You need to 
stand in the gap. You need to mediate. You need to intervene in the plans of Satan. Against your church. Against your life. Against your family. Can I have an amen? Now, but the amazing thing is that, watch this. The amazing thing is that he realized that the horses that these demons were riding were actually Christians. The demons were riding Christians. And the names, and the names of the demons are very revealing. Some of them were called jealousy. Some of them were called hatred. Some of them were called self-righteousness. Murder. Do you understand it? Now, and soon, and soon, these Christians turn against one another. They turn against one another to fight against one another. Now, when we sit in the church, we must understand that it is Satan that brings the quarrels among the brothers, the memories among the church members, the backsliding, the backsliding, the confusion in the church. Are all you, you may think that one Christian brother is quarreling for another Christian brother, but it is Satan that is knocking our heads together. <laughs> How many of you can understand what the Lord is talking about? I'm trying to let you understand that we are in a war. Hallelujah. That is why intercession is important. So now let me give you the reason. Having laid this solid foundation, how many of you understood the foundation now? That you cannot just say, I'm planting a church. You cannot just say, I'm pastoring a church. You cannot just say, I'm building a church. Alright? You must also understand that there is a real demonic force that is fighting against you. Now, reason number one, why we must intercede for the church. Reason number one, why we must intercede. Alright? Because the gates of hell have targeted the church to destroy it. We must intercede for the church and for the growth of the church because the gates of hell have targeted the church to destroy it. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell, what is the gate of hell? The gates of hell represent the assault of the powers of darkness on the church. The assault of the, of, the, of the forces of darkness. The powers of darkness on the church. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, the church, which is God's people, have always been under attack. In the, in the wilderness, when God was taking his people to the promised land, Joshua had to fight a lot of battles. Now, if you are a pastor, you must understand that the powers of darkness have been released to destroy your church. And therefore, there's the, therefore you must rise up to also fight. Yes. 
and not fight physically, but fight with the weapons of your warfare, one of which is the power of intercession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua had to fight many enemies before taking the land. Look at Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. Verses 1 and 2. Joshua chapter 9. Verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Are you here or you go home? And it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side Jordan in the hills and in the valleys and in all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon the Hittites and the Amorites the Canaanites the Perizzites the Havites and the Jebusites heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. Watch, watch, watch. That the Bible says they gathered themselves together to fight. Pastor, their enemies, gates, gates of hell, that have gathered themselves to fight you. They are fighting you. They are fighting your church. They are causing your church to scatter. They are causing your church to backslide. They are causing your pastors to rebel against you. They are fighting yourself with diseases. Sometimes they attack your own personality. Sometimes they bring discouragement. Can I have an amen? amen. But thank God that Jesus said, The gate of hell shall not prevail. Whatever the devil has planned against you, it will not succeed. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I said, Pastor, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. God said, they shall gather against you, but not by me. Not by me. They shall gather against you, but not by me. Now listen, the gates of hell have gathered and have been unleashed against you. You must rise up also to fight. Now look at what God told Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 24. I'm explaining to you why we need to intercede for the church and for the growth of the church. Amen. If we understand it that Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 24 if we understand it that when pastor say we must pray, we'll pray. These days, prayer has finished in our church. Hey! Who person a Christopher Asia? Who they can say party be? Yanko Beach, Yanko party. Yanko Beach. Bishop, a man, Nan Spencer, Christmas, Eda, Yapua, sorry, a party can say the church will be full. But when you call for prayer, the church is empty. Is it because we don't understand that we fight back through prayer? May the spirit of supplication come upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now watch this. Watch this. Alright. Now, take it from verse 22. As he did to the children of Israel, 
which dwelt in Seir, when they destroyed the horrors from before them, and they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead even unto this day. And the Avims which dwelt in Hazram even unto Azar, the Captorians, which came forth out of Kapta, destroyed them and dwelt in their stead. Rise thee up. Take your journey and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given unto thy hand Sihon, the Amorite, the king of Hezbon, and his land. Now watch this. Listen. The church work is taking land from Satan. Hello? I said, why do you say you are doing ministry? What it means that you are taking land from Satan. You are taking territory from Satan. You are reducing the territory of Satan. Now, many pastors say, you know, uh, God has blessed me. God has promised me that you will give me a big church and you will bless my ministry. It is true. It is true. But watch. Watch. He said, I have given unto thy hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Hezbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. Contend with him in battle. Sorry, that we didn't come. And then you have the land. The land, you can never receive the land on, on, on a silver platter. Yeah. You are a pastor. You don't pray. You don't wait on the Lord. You don't fast. You don't fast. Eh? You love to just eat a lot. Watch TV. Relax. Hey! And you want the church to work. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You must rise up to fight. You must rise up to fight. So this is the first reason why we need to intercede for the church and for the growth of the church because the gates of hell have risen up to destroy the church. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Hey. Bishop, when I was pastoring the Sakumano church, you know, that church when we started, it was not easy. The church was started by my convert. When I was, I was at Kolebu. When I was in Kolebu, 1996. There was a young man. He used to work at the Bank of Ghana. He was very, very sick on the ward. And I was the leader of the team that treated him. And this was towards, this was in the Christmas, towards New Year. So I found out that he was in Tema. And I invited him to church. Gave his life to Christ. And God used him to man. Within four years, he rose up to become a pastor. So we sent him to go and start at Sakumano Church. In the year 2000. Within ten months, he died. Within ten months, he died. By the time he was dying, he had been able to build a congregation of about 20 people. So Bishop Dark, he was your son. So go and take over. So that is how come I ended up we went there, we built a tent, you know, God started blessing the church, and then we bought a piece of land where the church is now, and then we, we, we built the, the foundation and moved on it. And whilst we were there, 
we bought some more land. Because we, we knew that we had to expand. That was the beginning of our trouble. Now, where the, where the church is, those of you who know the location, it is close to the, the Sakumono River or whatever it is. The lagoon. Now, we bought extra land, went into agreement and everything, and one night, the Lord gave me a vision. In the vision, you see, this was, this was, this was the church. And this was the extra land. They were starting on it. We are using it as a car park. In the vision, I saw a big snake. Huge. Black. It crept from the land and entered the church. I am talking about the gates of hell. When I woke up, I told the church, this is what I have seen. And that very, that very time we are praying. But the vision came when we were fasting and praying. Fasting is very important to fast and pray. Yeah. So I went round. I led a congregation. Went round all the four corners of the land. We anointed. We rebuked. And we continued to pray. Not long after that, a battle started over the land. Somebody rose up to contend with us over the land. And do you know what he was coming to do? He was coming to, he was coming to do, um, what was it? Either a breakfast, one, something very noisy, something with a lot of dust, right? Ten feet away from us. We tried to speak peaceably with him. He would not agree. But I knew, I knew that the gates of hell had risen up against us. And I told the church, this battle is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. Pastors, a lot of things that are happening in your church is not physical. Sometimes you get angry with your leaders. Why don't you do that? Why don't you? Satan is on them. Fighting them. Fighting them. Sometimes you are in the church, a faithful leader just gets up and says, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving for no reason. Hallelujah. The gates of hell. Now, this story I'm telling you, it, it went to court for three years. Three years. Three years. We were fighting it spiritually and we're fighting it physically. Because Jesus Christ is not only the power of God, but he's also the wisdom of God. The guy who was fighting us, I tell you, that guy, I don't know where he, he didn't go to. He'll go to the BNI. He'll go to the CID headquarters. He, even the court, when the case was in the court, when the case is called, let's say 10 a.m., by 6 a.m., he was at the court. He has influencing the clerks, influencing everybody. The judge who sat on the case, I was told by our lawyer, listen to this, he said, this judge, if there is any other judge who takes bribes more than this judge, that, that judge should be arrested by the police. In other words, he was somebody who was known to be a bribe taker. But after three years, 
after three years, this same judge gave judgment in favor of the church. Because the gate of hell shall not prevail against the church of God. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? When the case ended and were given the land, the judge died, the lawyer of the guy died, the man who sold the land to us and was deceiving us died. About three or four people died. Any enemy that is fighting against you, I said any enemy that is fighting and contending against you, we declare death into their camp in the name of the Lord Jesus. May your enemies be scattered. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. And let his enemies be scattered. And if you are happy about what I am saying, I want you to clap your hands. I want you to lift up your voice and give Jesus a shout. Today, when you go there, our bishop there, Bishop Kakra, he's used that land to build another huge cathedral, huge car park. And he told me something, Bishop, he told me something. He said he met this man who was fighting us. And the man told him something. He said, the guy is called James. He said, me, I am not afraid of anybody in Ghana. He was telling the bishop, he said, I am not afraid of anybody in Ghana. There is only one person that I'm afraid of. He said, that reverend in devil. That reverend in devil. Your enemies will be afraid of you. I say your enemies will be afraid of you. Because the power of the Holy Ghost rise up and contain.
to preach the gospel. But you must know that there are many enemies. There are many enemies. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in Acts chapter 13, we all remember that the Holy Spirit spoke to the prophets and the teachers and said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Paul for the work went unto our call them. And they went out after the elders, had, the apostles had laid their hands on them. They went out preaching. But as they were preaching, there were people who were ready to oppose them. All throughout. All throughout. Now look at Acts chapter 13 from verse 6. Acts chapter 13 from verse 6. And when they had gone through the aisle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a jujuma, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus. dangerous. Which was, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who watch this, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So, so they came to a place like Accra. And the greater Accra regional minister called Paul and Barnabas to say, please come and preach to me. But his friend was a Jujuma. An agent of, of Satan. An evil spirit possessed man called Elemas. Continue, continue, continue. Continue. But Elemas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation. We stood them. We stood them means that he opposed them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the feet. Do you understand it? So that is why we need to intercede because there are people who are opposing evil spirits who are opposing the preaching of the gospel. Because they know that through the preaching of the gospel, men will be saved. Sometimes you see pastors who say, we can't call crusade. We can't crusade. Nobody did I Watching TV channels. Hey! You go out there. Go out there. One time Bishop Dag went to the water region. He was standing, that time he was using the, the tent. He was standing in the tent. Thousands of people had gathered. He was preaching. As he was preaching, there was a woman who was standing just outside and casting spells openly. Casting spells openly on him. Openly. Satan is ready to oppose the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is why we must rise up to intercede, to stand in the gap, to intervene, so that we can modify what Satan wants to do. May the spirit of intercession fall upon your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the spirit of prayerlessness leave you in the name of Jesus. Elements. He did not want the man 
to hear the preaching of the word. And when you read down, Paul rebuked him. Paul rebuked him. He became blind. He became blind. And the governor got saved when he saw the power of God. May you experience the power of God in your ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I have an amen? Now we see another example in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Barnabas were preaching and a young lady followed them. The Bible said this young lady was possessed with demons. Look at it. Acts chapter 16 from verse 16. From verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed of a spirit of divination met us. Watch this. The Bible said that a certain damsel possessed of the spirit of divination. She had an evil spirit and that evil spirit made her to be able to know things. Now pastors and church workers, listen. It is not everybody who is, who is seeing things who is a real man of God. <laughs> it's not everybody who sees you and describes your panty that you are wearing that is red. That is a man of God. There are many people who, who are possessed by the spirit of divination. Yeah. Amen? A certain dancer possessed the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by saying She was an agent of prosperity for, his, for her masters through the evil spirit that was using her. Amen? The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. We show unto us the way of salvation. Continue. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. That is deliverance. Paul prayed to deliver her from that spirit. Amen. And he came and he came out the same hour. The spirit came out the same hour. And when you read the rest of the passage, immediately the masters saw that she could no longer bring the money. They caused a lot of trouble. Paul and Barnabas were thrown into prison. They were beaten. They were beaten. But in Acts chapter 16 from verse 25, the Bible said that, but at midnight, at midnight, they started praying and worshipping. That was, they started making use of the power of intercession. They started making use of the power of intercession. And the chains on the prisoners broke loose. And the prison officer was afraid. He took a sword to kill himself. They said, don't, don't kill yourself. We are here. We are here. And he said unto them, Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. 30 and 31. He said, men and brethren, what shall I do so that I will be saved? Eh? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Satan tried to prevent the preaching of the gospel. But through the power of intercession, 
the gospel was preached and a whole family was saved. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Number three. Number three. The third reason why, the third reason why we must intercede for the church and for the growth of the church is because demons of strife, demons of strife have been released to destroy the growth of the church. Demons of strife, contention, infighting. Pastors, the infighting in your church, the quarrels, the arguments among your colleague pastors, among your workers, among the church, among the church members, you must see it from the spiritual point of view. It is the spirit of strife and contention that has been released. That is why we must intercede. To cast out and to overcome and to destroy all set spirit in our churches. Because you see, because you see, sheep likes to drink where the waters are come. Yeah. Sheep, they like to drink where the waters are peaceful. Immediately you, you disturb the waters, they'll run away. And through the quarrels, and the memories and the arguments, sometimes among the pastors, sometimes among the pastors' wives. Hey! The spirit of jealousy. Huh? Yeah. Confusion. These are evil spirits. Now, look at James. Look at James. James chapter 3. From verse 14. Evil prevails in the midst of strife and contention. James chapter 3 from verse 14. But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly. It is sensual. It is devilish. When you see contention in the church, arguments. There's confusion in the choir. Don't say anamumu nomu. Evil spirits have entered the choir. How many of you are here? Do you understand what the Lord is saying? May your eyes be open tonight. May your eyes be open tonight to see what the devil is doing in your church. Hey. A few years ago, this should be about this should be about three or four years ago. In December. December. Either December or early January. I've gone to wait before the Lord to pray for the year. And then on one of the days the Lord gave me a vision. In the vision 
in the vision, I was standing like this. In some bushes. I was standing like this in some bushes. And then, there was some grass and some bushes right in front of me. Now, as in the vision, as I was there, the Lord said to me, look down. Look down. That's in the vision. I was in the presence of the Lord. When I looked down, do you know what I saw? A big snake. Huge. It was just two inches from my, my foot. And the Lord told me, He said, this year, watch out. Satan is coming very close. When the year ended, when the year started, some very important people in the church, they were a family. Just right from the beginning of the year, very important, a whole family, they became angry at something that had happened and they left the church. Now, I am talking about important people. People who play very important role in the church. A family, about, about five to six of them, all of them left. All of them left. And when I heard their reason for their unhappiness, I told the listen to this, I told the pastors, nobody should go and visit them because this is not a physical thing. This is coming from the Satan that God showed me. And I told them, Let's, leave, let's pray. I told them, let's pray. So we started praying. We started praying. After about three or four weeks, I got a call. I was in my study. I was praying. I got a call. When I got a call, two of them, the ringleaders, two of them, they called. They said, Bishop, can we come and see you? I said, at home, come. So they came. They came to my study. So they came. They came to tell me why they were not you know, happy and all that. And I had the opportunity to minister to them through the word of God. By the time they were leaving, they said, Bishop, we are so sorry. We have been childish. We don't even know why, you know, we behave that way. We don't, you know, the following week, all of them came back to church. Let Satan take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his advice. You see, before this thing happened, the Lord has shown that this year, Satan is very good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, God has set us as watchmen. He said, Son of God, I have raised you up as a watchman. We must watch over the sheep. We must watch over the work that we are doing through intercession. Through intercession. Amen. Huh? I hear you go home. Now, continue the scripture. This wisdom descended not from from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, it is devilish. It comes from Satan. Verse 16. Watch this. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Where strife where envy and strife is, there's confusion. Pastors, listen to me. Church workers, 
every time in the church you see strife, contention, don't, 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 don't go and look for a prophet. Know that Satan is right there. <laughs> Satan is right there. Satan is right there. Even, even in your marriage. Even in your marriage. Pastor, there's something called PPQ. Pre-preaching quarrels. Pre-preaching quarrels. Watch. The whole week. You can actually quarrel and then you go to church very angry. Your wife will come to church very angry. What do you want to say? Why? Satan is trying to fight you. May you be delivered from every satanic attack. May you be delivered from every satanic attack. May God open your eyes to see anything that Satan is doing in your ministry. Can I have uh, amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 17. Verse 17. For where envy, but the wisdom, look at verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is just pure. Then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good works, without partiality and without, without hypocrisy. Watch this. In the church, when you see, eh, when you see all this, go back, go back, go back, go back. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, peace, gentle. Easy to be entreated, mercy, good food, without partiality, without hypocrisy. This is what we need from the church. In the church. And these are signs that God is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. But when you see contention, when you see arguments, when you see strife, I saw for no Hey! I then the wives, the wives of the assistant pastors. Assistant pastor's wives, be very careful. If you are here you are the wife of an assistant pastor, be careful. Because Satan would like to use you to destroy the church. Amen? So for my member, sorry, be Confusion in the church. Confusion. But you see, we can only bear fruit in peace. That is why Satan does not want us to bear, to have peace. Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. In other words, we can do the work of God and bear a lot of fruit when there is peace in the church. That is why Satan doesn't want peace to be in the church. We drive out the devil in the name of Jesus. We drive out every demonic presence in your ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus. So pastor, when you see confusion, rise up. You see, sometimes you gather the people and you talk, talk to them. It's good. But go beyond that and pray and intercede. And sometimes cut Call them and deliver them from the evil. The evil spirit in them. 
One time I was having a, a miracle service, a convention. There was a young lady. Young lady. Very quiet. I think she used to sing in the choir or something. Very quiet. And then she manifested. She manifested in the service. Look, 15 strong men could not handle her. They couldn't. They couldn't. Her eyes became red like that. So I, I began to reveal the evil spirit. I said, come out. And, and, she, and, and, and she said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I said, why? He said, look, I've been here for a long time. Yeah, no, no, I catch you and say, hey, what's wrong with you? You have not met a demon that is a stubborn demon. Get ready. So, Pastor Divine, I told, I told the demon, I said, this is what I said. I said, I am not suggesting to you to go out. I am commanding you in the name of Jesus to go out. Look, tens of demons flew out of her. And she became quiet. Evil spirits are affecting our people. That's why we need intercession and that's why we need deliverance. Hallelujah. And some of the people who caused a lot of trouble in the church, bombu deliverance. Demons now shabu ma. Oh, yeah, deliverance. Amen? Oh, yeah, deliverance. Yeah. Recently, I was having a program and there was a lady. No, that lady, that lady, every time, her behavior, you know, you, you, you could see that, no, there was something not very correct. But you couldn't lay your hands on anything. But under the power of the Holy Ghost, I sensed the presence of evil spirits. So I said, take her to the basement. And I assigned two of my pastors. Two of my pastors. They dealt with her. Evil spirits, plenty, came out of her. Hallelujah. Let Satan take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we can only bear much fruit in peace, which is what the devil fights us. But the blessings of the Lord are released when the brethren dwell together in unity. Psalm 133. Hallelujah. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together. Amen. The Bible said that for death, the Lord commands his blessings. Listen, if the church becomes united and the church works in peace, the church cannot be stopped. In Genesis chapter 11, when the people of Babel decided to build a tower that went to heaven, God said, what they have decided? He said, the people is one. The people is one. And what they have decided to do, nobody and store them. It took God himself to come down to come and store them. If there is peace in your church, if there is oneness in your church, the devil cannot stop you. Your church will become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I see your church becoming stronger and stronger. I see your church growing and growing. I see prosperity in your church. 
I see increase in your church. I see the hand of God in your church. I see the power of God in your church. I see revival in your church. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next reason. The next reason why we must intercede for the church is because demons of sin and evil have been released against the church. Demons of sin and evil. Look. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 1. It is reported commonly. I listen to that. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Evil spirits of sin and of evil have permeated our church. And they have quenched the power of God. That is why there is not much power in many of our churches. The sin of fornication, the sin of adultery, the sin of sexual perversion, lesbianism, homosexuality, idol worshipping. Many of our members, they come to church, but they also go for juju. You also go to see Malams. Evil, sin. And all this is as a result of the infiltration of evil spirits. In the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was known to be a very immoral church. What Think about it. Think about it. And Paul said, it is commonly reported, which means that which means that this was something that was going on. Fornication was galore. Brothers and sisters, where there is sin, God cannot be tamed. Hello? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Look at it. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Quickly. Watch this. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So watch. The Bible says that Jesus is in the light, and we can only have fellowship with him if we are also in the light. And light stand for righteousness and darkness stands for evil and sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 20 that and this is the condemnation that has come unto the world that light has come unto the world but man has chosen darkness. Men have chosen darkness. There is 
lot of evil that goes on in our churches. And that kills the power of God. So pastor, that is why you need to intercede. You need to intercede against the spirit of fornication, idol worshipping, adultery, sakawa. Sakawa. Yeah, no be sure. Nipa kwa kwa sakawa no. Wa ba so for nche nse. So for no emo mpa ye ma no. Na kwa kwa sakawa na ai. Can you imagine that? And there are pastors who pray for such people. Hello? And I'm saying that all these are instigated by evil spirits of sin. I'm explaining to you why we must intercede for the church. Because sin spirits have filled our churches. And the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That is why a lot of our prayers cannot be heard because of iniquity. In Revelation, the Bible compares the church to Babylon. And God said, Babylon has fallen because of the multitudes of her adulteries. Look at it. Come with me to Revelation. Hallelujah. 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 Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. From verse 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen. Is fallen. And it's become the habitation of devils. Hello? A lot of our churches have become the habitation of devils. And the hold of every foul spirit. And a cage of every unclean and hateful bed. Why? Why is it that Babylon is now full of evil spirits? Why? Look at verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are what's rich through the abundance of their delicacies. Babylon had fallen because of the sin of fornication. Hallelujah. Pastor, that's why you must pray so that God will open your eyes. You see, as you intercede, God will speak to you. There are things going on in your that God will expose you. God will expose you. God will expose you. There was a particular time in our church, that many of the young ladies, Bishop, were becoming pregnant. Young, young girls. Look, today we are, this one is pregnant. This one is pregnant. 
This one is pregnant. This one is pregnant. You see, a spirit of lust and a spirit of fornication had been released. And I rose up in the realm of the spirit. And I fought it and I taught also in the church. Because the word of God is power. And I taught in the church for a long time. One time, when I was preaching, I didn't hear it. But I hear one of the ladies, you know, said, na, na, you know, in a particular service, he said, now this service, Munjai fornication, na Bishop Onjai is preaching. But I do remember. Yeah? I said, I'm preaching the L1. L1. Because the word of God is a soul. I said, the word of God is a soul. Munja fornication. Because I've been preaching on that subject for about six weeks. And, and I remember, and I remember when I was doing those series, every Sunday I'll call for people who are into fornication, adultery. I said, do you remember? To pray for them Sunday morning. Age, apostle, confusion. Evil spirits. Sunday morning. I'm on crumble. Flying all over the place. There was a particular young, beautiful lady. So many evil spirits came out of her. Today, she's a mighty worker in the church. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Next reason. Next reason. How many of you understand the preaching? You see, yesterday we spoke about the fact that the church must grow. Today, we are talking about the fact that as you are building the church, you also need to intercede because there are powers, evil spirits, enemies that are fighting. Now, what did Jesus say? Listen, the parable of the wheat and tares. Jesus said, a certain man planted wheat in his field. He planted wheat in his field. If you can, if you can look for that scripture for me. And watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Please listen to this. Listen to this. This is a revelation. He planted wheat in his field. Well done. Why are you Watch Well done. But watch this. The Bible said that. But while men slept. While men slept. Now, it means that, Pastor, as you are sleeping, as you are relaxed, as you are just walking around the church, thinking that everything is okay, the devil comes to plant tears in your field. Matthew 13, verse 25. Go up, go up, go up. Go up. Go up. Alright? He also, he also that receives seed among the tongues is the is seed that here that will come down, verse 23. But he that received the seed unto good ground, yes, 24. Another parable put him forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed, good seed, good seed in his field. Huh? But while men slept, 
His enemy. His enemy. What man slept? His enemy. Pastor, as you are sleeping, your enemy. And who is your enemy? First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter said, Be sober. Be sober. Be what? Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? For your adversary, your enemy, the devil, royage about, seeking whom he may devour. The word adversary means enemy. In fact, it actually means arch enemy. Arch enemy. Hey, stop from Pastor Jimmy. Oh, so, you are quiet, you No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That is why we need to intercede. Listen, this conference, deliverance and intercession, I was telling Bishop yesterday that, you know, it is divine. God is bringing back to the church what we have taken out of the church. Empire Master. Empire Master. Many pastors don't pray anymore. We use we are trying to use strategies. Oh yeah. We are, uh, Dr. Cho called Jimix. We are trying to use Jimix. One time, one of our bishops, he came to preach at our church group conference. He has a big church in Accra. He has a big church. And he says, when he was trying to grow the church, and the church was not, you know, working, an idea occurred to him. That on Sunday, the new converts who come to who come to church and then the visitors, he should give them food to eat, so that they will be happy and then they will come back. Do you understand that? So he started every Sunday. All the converts, all the visitors, sorry. He said. He did that a couple of times and realized that it was not working. So he went to God and said, Ah, why is it not working? And God told him that. Who told you? Who told did I tell you or you, you decided yourself? Why can't I walk about him? I saw that we are the turning into restaurant. Because of that is all we need to hear the voice of God. That is all we and we can hear the word of God only through prayer. I said we can hear the word of God only through prayer. Look, one thing like this that God will say to you about your church, it will turn your whole church around. May God speak to you. May God speak to you. May you hear the voice of God. May God make things clear to you in the name of Jesus. Pastors, anything that you need, if you want to grow your finances, go to God. Listen, God called you. God called you. God is the builder of his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. No pastor can build a church. No pastor has enough knowledge, enough wisdom, enough ability to build a church. This great church that we are seeing, gospel life, that we are having here and in many other places, have not been built because of the power of Bishop Adam It has been built because of the grace of God that God has placed upon his life. Yeah. 
I hope you can understand the preaching. Can you understand the preaching? Eh? Yeah. Wow. Next one. Next one. I'll come to the end. Don't forget all these reasons why we must intercede for the kingdom of God. Because the gates of hell have been released. Because there are enemies that are fighting the preaching of the gospel. Because of evil spirits of sins that have been released against the church of God. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. Because the church has been infiltrated by false teachers, apostles, and prophets. The church has been infiltrated by false teachers, apostles, and prophets. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 11, look at it. Jesus warned against false prophets at the end time. And we are in the end time. We are in the end time. Matthew 24, 11. Look at it. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, pastors, pastors, listen to me. Be very careful the type of prophet you invite to your church. Hello? Because you be brain, you be born pay. Now one man you go pon so amo to me. Now dear here jumano, onye. And you want an easy route out. Prophet. Now the prophetic gift is an authentic way. The prophetic ministry is one of the fivefold ministries. Yeah. It's authentic. But Jesus said in our time there is going to be many false prophets who are going to deceive many. And in fact, they are even going to deceive Christians. What? Continue, continue the scripture. Continue verse 12. Verse 12. Eh? And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And when you go down, Jesus said, even they will try to deceive the very elect. The very elect. The very elect is you and I. Are you getting that? Eh? Go back to Acts chapter 13 and verse 6. Elimas. Elimas. And when they had gone through the aisle onto Paphos, watch this, watch this. They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. False prophet. Well, did the Omanpainiti, sir, governor, no? It will be a born prophecy, sir. I did it. Meanwhile, it's false prophecy. Yeah. Time will not allow me, but you can go and check Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9. When, 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 when uh, Peter was moving around, there was another person like that. There was another person like that. He was called Simon the Sorcerer. Acts chapter 8. The Bible says he bewitched. He bewitched the people. Because he himself made himself as a very great person. But when he saw the power of God operating in Peter, he came to Peter and said, Please let me give you 50 Ghana cities. Now, sir, to me now, I'm going to make a crack. And Peter said, I'm going to make a crack. I'm going to make a crack. I'm going to make a crack. But you see, the point here is that this is why 
we must intercede. Don't, don't, don't bring anybody, you know, look, the Bible says you shall know them by their, by their fruits. Yeah. How, how do you know a false prophet from a true prophet? Follow their history. A prophet who has the spirit of God. So, Baba, sorry, no, yeah. Your church becomes strengthened. The pastor becomes strengthened. The pastor becomes encouraged. There are prophets who come to your church and they prophesy to your assistant and to the rich people in your church to follow them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't want to mention names. There's a great man of God in Accra. He had a prophet. He had a prophet. Actually, two of them. But this other one, he had a prophet who was doing prophetic services, you know, and all that. Now, one day, they be by and say, Ah, now, wouldn't him say, Asuma see, me Asuma see, any Asuma see, any Asuma see, and I'm saying, Umu are sorry. Umu call Papa, we now sorry. So, what? Can you imagine that the prophet, once he was there, had started his own ministry and had won the heart of most of the important people in the church? Listen, Paul said, if I build again the things that I have destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. So say a person does not have the spirit of God. That is why pastors, we must pray. We must intercede so that our churches will be delivered from false teachers, false apostles, and false pastors, and false prophets. Look, don't just get up to invite anybody to your church. I did not just get up to invite uh, Bishop Adam Minister to, to, to my church. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We knew him. We knew him. We knew his spirit. And every time he comes to the church, the church is so blessed. The power of God is released. There's revival. The faith of the people are strengthened. It is a sign of a man of God filled with the spirit of God. Mama, this next year, Oba, I am one of because I am Oboko, Oma. I am one of them. Oba, I would not. Well, you are absent for several years. Next year, it's over. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Oh, this pastor is very powerful. This pastor is very powerful. Hey, powerful. Do you know where the power comes from? Do you know where the power comes from? Elements, no, to me. Simon the sorcerer, no, to me. He bewitched all of them, he blinded them. That is why we need to intercede. Put your hands together for the Lord. And the last reason, the last reason why we must intercede for the church. How many of you have understood why we must intercede for the church? Eh? Why we must stand in the gap? That is why in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 16, God said, I, I was looking for a man and I realized that there was no intercessor. God was shocked. Pastors, there must be intercessors. You yourself must intercede. And then you must raise up intercessors who 24 hours are praying for the church. Yeah. 
in our church, we don't joke with prayer. We don't. All my pastors, my lay pastors, must, my shepherds, who are the, the, the elders of the church, must pray at least one hour every day. My lay pastors must pray two hours every day. The full-time pastors must pray five hours and above every day. Every day. Now, apart from that, we have what we call um, prayer rotation. Every day, a, a small group in the church is praying. Every day. So, for, for if the month is 30, 30 days, every day of the, 30, of, the, of, of the month, there's prayer. Then, my full-time pastors, and then the pastors in the church, every day, that's what we call a prayer chain. So for seven days in a week, every day, prayer is going on by a certain group. We don't joke of it. You must surround your church. You must, you must saturate your church with prayer. With prayer. Someone said at Mitzvah, he said, I will not sin against God by not praying for you. Let intercession come back to the church. Let intercession come back to the church. Let intercession come back to the church. The last reason why we must intercede for the church is because wicked government officials and even religious leaders persecute the church. They persecute the church. It is because wicked government officials and even religious, false religious leaders persecute the church. Yeah. Now, in Russia, when the communists took over, when the communists took over, for 70 years, they declared Russia and atheistic country. That is, there is no God. They destroyed all the churches. They drove, they persecuted the Christians, they killed them and drove them underground. For 70 years, for 70 years, you could not hold a Bible. You couldn't hold a Bible. Open. You couldn't preach open. The only churches that were open were the government-controlled churches just to make sure to the outside world that there's church here. Now, I studied in Russia for seven years. And I remember the first time I met Russian Christians. I was in my hostel when somebody came, because I was known, I was known as a Christian. When somebody came to tell me that a certain Russian man wants to see you, this will be around about 6 p.m. So I went. And when I went, he said, I hear you are a Christian. Is it true? I said, oh yes, I'm a Christian. He said, really? He said, follow me. So I followed him. We jumped into a tram. And then got down and we walked at the back alleys of the city. Under the shadow of darkness. And then he led me to a house. He opened, you know, the, the room. And there were about 60 white people. Children, 
young people, elderly women, elderly men sitting down there. That was the underground church. That was the place that I saw scripture written in, with pen. They didn't have Bibles. Songs were written with hands. They didn't. And their surprise, the first time they saw me, their surprise was that. They said, please, tell us the truth. Are you a Christian? Is there Christianity in your country? So oh, yeah. Let's kiss it. Because you see, they have been told that for you to believe that there is God, you are mad. They used to throw them to psychiatric hospital. If you were a Christian and they knew, they would come to collect all your children from you. Because they say you are indoctrinating the children. They would send them to Siberia. In winter, the temperature in Siberia is, it can go to minus 50. And they will send them to Siberia and they will put them in the snow like this. And they will tell them, renounce Jesus. Say that I don't believe in Jesus. They will set you free. They will stand like this and freeze to death. Sorry. Persecution. They were persecuted greatly. Killed. In uh, this other place. Um, one of the other communist uh, countries. No, 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 not China. Sorry? Romania. There was a famous Christian. Alright? He wrote a book about his story. He wrote a book about his story. Famous Christian. Persecution. Persecution. Now, in Acts chapter 12, look at it. As I close, in Acts chapter 12, King Herod persecuted the church. Huh? Acts chapter 12, from verse 1. Are you blessed? Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. To vex, to harass, to persecute. And he killed James, the brother of John of the sword. And when he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, apprehend, when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. He was killing the leaders of the church. Hello? Yeah. You see? Watch. Watch. Watch this. Ghana. We should be grateful to God. And the church, we must rise up to work a lot right now. We must enter the harvest field and reap a lot of harvest. Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 4, He said, I must, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, for the night cometh when no man can wake. Ghana, this is the day. We have peace. Look around all of West Africa. Look at what is happening in Gambia. Look at what is happening in DRC Congo. There's darkness. Ghana, there's light. 
There's a time, gospel light. There's a time for gospel light to rise up and preach the gospel everywhere. There's a time for us to stand by the bishop and leave and go everywhere to go and preach. Because there is, we have light. But, light. but light can turn into day. It can turn into darkness. It can turn into darkness. It can turn into darkness. Amen? We should not joke with our freedom in Ghana to worship God. I say your bompire. Say President Bia na say Parliamentarian Bia na say government official be your sorry I can say something against Christians. Hey, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. We can't allow you to talk like that. We can't allow you to talk like that. Amen. Sometimes you see them insulting pastors, insulting great men of God like Dr. Otado. Who has done a lot of great things for the country? Just insult him. Because you are in power. Careful. Careful. When God puts you there, He can remove the city. Now, Oyankopo, sometimes, Ochiyan Konyana, Umu, and to Wesley Mentinat, now we do Trump, and she from power. I want to be. He stretched his hand. He killed James. James was the leader of the Jerusalem church. He killed him. Then he took Peter, intending also to kill Peter. There was persecution. But watch. Watch. Instead of the church complaining, as you are doing that, be in your room. You are fasting. You are praying. You are rebuking. You are pulling down. You are casting their imagination. You are taking into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. They arrested Peter. They put Peter in prison intending to kill him. But look at verse 5. At end of this. Look at verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God of the church unto God for him. Let prayer come back to the church. And we all know the story. The angel of the Lord came from heaven and set Peter free. The reason why Peter was set free was because of the intercession of the church. Because of the intercession of the church. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 16. That scripture, as I close, look at that scripture again. As I close. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16. And he saw that there was no man. And wondered, and wondered that there was no intercessor. God wanted that there was no intercessor. In Ezekiel 22.30 he said, I sought for a man, but I found none. Church, the time has come for us to intercede. Hallelujah. Let's intercede for the church. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for more power. Let's pray for more anointing. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray that God will move 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people into the church. Can I have an amen? The early church, the early apostolic church was a praying church. It was a praying church. When they found persecution, they prayed. In Acts chapter 4, they arrested them and they told them, don't preach in the name of Jesus Christ again. Don't preach. But look at Acts chapter 4 verse 28. They told them, we don't want you to preach in the name of Christ again. Never mention the name of Jesus Christ again. Listen, if we don't pray, one day a government official will get up and say, enough is enough. When they get up, they close down our churches. Say you are making noise. Eh? We are a saw a big classroom. Teacher, no. Maybe a nere. And I do. I don't feel. Maybe I don't feel. Or back when I say, I feel like we. Look at that. Look at that. We need to fight. We need to rise up. Hallelujah. Give me a scripture. Acts chapter 4, from verse 28. Eh? Go back. Go back to about 26. Wow. Go back. Go back to about uh, 22 maybe. Right. For the man was about 40 years on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Verse 23. And being let go. And being let go. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one another, with one accord, and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that in them, they started interceding. Eh? Who by the mouth of the servant David has said, why did the hidden rage and the people imagined vain things. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, and against his Christ. For of a truth, against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy way. By stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed and when they had interceded <laughs> Oh... If you pray, something will happen. I say, if you pray, something will happen. If you intercede, something will happen. If you wait upon the Lord, something will happen. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. May strength enter your church as you, as you, as you have the habit of waiting upon the Lord. And when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, go back, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. 
neither said any of them that out of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And with great power. Clap your hands for the Lord and give the Lord a shout. I said give the Lord a shout. I said give the Lord a shout. Clap your hands and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Intercession for the church. Let's bring back intercession. Amen. Pastors, when you go back, bring back prayer to your church. Bring back prayer. Bring back prayer. Raise up people to... You must pray yourself. And raise up people to pray. Have people to pray all throughout the night. Can I have an amen? Stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. I want you to pray and say, Lord, put the spirit of intercession and the spirit of prayer upon my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands and your voice and pray. We are praying. For the spirit of intercession. Now, Say, Lord, Lord, tonight, tonight, put upon my life. Put upon my life the spirit of intercession, the spirit of intercession, and the spirit of supplication. The spirit of supplication. Cause me to pray. Cause me to. Cause me to intercede. Cause me to intercede for my church, for my church, for my people, for my people. As I clap my hands, as I clap my hands, as I stamp my feet, let the spirit of supplication come upon me. Lift up your voice. Clap your hands, clap your feet and pray. <laughs> Break it, 